재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, Britain's companies with more than 250 employees will be forced to disclose the difference in average pay between men and women workers as part of the government's efforts to tackle inequality in the labor market. This move comes after Prime Minister David Cameron announced his government's desire to end the gender pay gap within a generation. Uh, how can this perhaps apply to a country like South Korea, where the gender pay gap is uh, quite large? To discuss this in more detail, we're very pleased to have joining us from Middlesex University, Gender Migration and Citizenship, Professor Eleanor Kaufman. Hello. Hello there. Yes. Thank you for joining us, Professor. How wide is the gender pay gap in the UK? Uh, we assume here in Korea it is uh, narrower, but is the UK's gender pay gap relatively high compared to other European countries? Uh, yes, it is. It's in the top, I think it's uh, the sixth highest gender pay gap in the European Union. So it is above the European average in terms of the gap between uh, women's and men's median pay. Uh, uh, so, but this level of the gender pay gap has in fact fallen quite sharply uh, from the late 1990s when they started to measure it more accurately from 97. But what's been happening is that although it's slowly improving, the improvement is actually fairly slow. Mm. Um, and of course, um, it does vary uh, according to the different kinds of women because it's not the same across the across the whole spectrum right. of women. Uh, in fact, interestingly, and this might be a bit counterintuitive, it's actually highest amongst the highest paid. Hmm. Uh, so the gender pay gap for full-time employees is actually much higher for the very well-paid employees uh, than for the lower paid, where it's it's less. Uh, and secondly, it's much less for younger women. So um, women in their 20s, it's, there's not very much gender pay gap. But it's particularly, it's, it's higher for women who are over 50, and as I say, women at, at, at the highest, the best paid. Um, for Again, for a number of reasons. Um, one is that uh, in the higher levels, uh, you have fewer women being represented quite often in, say, companies. This is the legislation is being directed towards them. Right. Um, and it's, of course, when we measure the gender pay gap, we're only actually measuring what you get as a salary. Now, of course, at the highest levels, you have performance-related pay, you have bonuses, and the bonuses aren't even counted in the gender pay gap. So that's why, to some extent, you find it even higher hmm. uh, at the top end. It could be too simplistic to just say, oh, this is sexism, this is uh, people in society just treating women uh, as uh, lesser beings. But what would be, in your view, some of the drivers as to why, comparatively at least, the UK is a little behind some of the, some of the other European countries? Um well, I think that there's less protection uh, for women um, in many sectors. So, for example, the big, di the, the big difference is between women who are working part-time because the gender pay gap is 9.4% for full-time employees. But it's actually, if you add part-time, it's 19.2%. So it's considerably higher once you add the part-time. Now, women are disproportionately employed in part-time employment. 
Um, it's also got to do with the sectors they're employed mm -hmm. in. So a lot of the well-paid professions, for example, engineers, you would get you get very low percentages of women. Mm -hmm. uh, whilst they're they're very heavily concentrated in ones like care work, which is often not which is very poorly paid. Right. Um, also, I think the maternity protection, although they supposedly have it, uh, is not always followed very well. So, for example, the Equality and Human Rights Commission estimates that about 54,000 women um, actually lose their jobs or, or are demoted after they come back from maternity leave. Uh, so these are some of the reasons, I think, that you have less protection than in many other European countries. And there's also, which is relevant to this, uh, there isn't a, um, a, an actual reporting mechanism um, that's particularly effective because right. until now that reporting mechanism has only been voluntary. Well, I guess that is the crux of the matter. Could you give us just a brief description of this gender pay reporting legislation uh, and how it works? Well, it hasn't started yet to begin with. Uh, there was a consultation in July 2015 and the government has now decided that they will, uh, that companies have to report on the gender pay gap in their company. That is, as you stated already before, for those who are over, have over 250 employees. Um, however, they will be given two years in which to publish the results of the gender pay gap, i.e. it won't actually come into effect until 2018. Hmm. Um, and uh, the fine for not doing so is actually not very much because £5,000 is very, very little for a company to pay uh, if they fail to report. Hmm. Now, the government is hoping that this is going to be uh, kind of a reputational issue. Right. So if the company uh, doesn't report, that will be reported, obviously. Uh, and if the company reports a very large gender pay gap, hopefully that will uh, rebound on the, on the reputation of the company. Uh, however, the current minister for, she's actually minister of Nikki Morgan for both education and equality, has, has herself said she doesn't think that on its own the reporting mechanism is going to achieve a great deal. Okay. Now, I'm sensing a bit of skepticism as to ah. <laughs> the, uh, the expected <laughs> efficacy of this program. We're almost yeah. out of time, but I would love to get your yeah. thoughts. Um, the current Prime Minister, David Cameron, wanting to eliminate uh, the, the pay gap among uh -huh. genders within a, a generation. Uh -huh. Is that optimistic? And what do you think should be done? Yeah, I think it is optimistic. I'm not trying to say that there will be no effect on this, but I think that personally, I think the effect may well be largely with some of the, the upper echelons where the gender pay gap is very, very large. It's over 20% um, for the best 10%, the pay, best 10%. I think that they have to tackle at the same time, which they're saying they will, but they have to tackle issues like women's occupational segregation. So they've said they want to try to get more women into the STEM subjects, that is the science, mathematics, right. engineering area. Uh, which is important because if, this, if you have a gender-segregated labor market, I don't think you're going to be able to do very much about the gender pay gap simply through reporting. Mm. Uh, and I think, again, it's this issue of women working part-time because childcare is very expensive in the UK. I don't know what it's like in South Korea, right. but it's extremely expensive here yeah. still. 
uh, and that means that a lot of women find it very difficult to go back to full-time employment where the gender pay gap is actually lower mm. than uh, you know, for those working part-time. All right. Well, we are going to have to leave it there. Professor Kaufman, uh, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Professor Eleanor Kaufman from Middlesex University. Soul City News, up next.